welcome to We Never Met, the podcast where I have interesting strangers on every single week. Today I have Sierra Berry. You almost weren't ready for that. You were about yeah, to Yeah, I know. <laughs> you want to take a sip of your coffee. I guess yeah. just to start out, what do you do? Like what is a quick summation of like who you are? I know it's really sure, hard to do. Sure, yeah. So my nine to five, um, I'm a project director and fabricator. Okay. And in my five to nine, I am a sculptor and creative writer. The other the other yeah, hours. Yeah. <laughs> free time so um but you know like all in all yeah i'm basically creating art yeah which i'm very fortunate to do uh, for my full-time job and then you know in my free time as well yeah so you're nine to five what what does that entail sure so i work so the company i work for is design fugitives mm-hmm. um and they're a design and fabrication company in walker's point okay. and so we specialize in like large-scale atrium sculptures custom oh. interiors um, and everything's tech driven. So we have, you know, two robots, we have CNC routers. So, you know, having that exposure has really like helped me in my own practice Yeah. and just kind of now I have like this fabrication mindset. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's an easy like, um, translation between my, my free time and my, my job. So. Is that what you wanted to do when you were growing up? Like, <laughs> so it's funny because when I was younger, I always knew I wanted to be an artist, yeah. whatever that was. I mean, sure. for the longest time I was like, I'm going to be painting. Like I want to paint portraits, you know, yeah. like just very, like, I just had a very narrow understanding of like what the potential of right. an art career could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I f- went to college, I still thought I was going to be a painter. I, how, how are you painting wise? Do you like to paint or do you still paint? I do like to paint, but the thing is my painting is more like therapeutic Sure. It, it's not really, you know, if I were to go, I'm trying to get back to painting, but the thing is the last time I was painting, it was just realism. What you see is what I paint. You know, right. there was no like deep conceptual yeah. drive. You know, I thought I knew what I was. I was like, I want to capture emotion, but like, yeah, I'm still doing that in my work now. It's just not as literal. Right. You know? Yeah. So yeah, when I went to college, then, you know, then you're exposed to every different practice, yeah. you know, illustration, graphic design, um, photography, sculpture, painting, ceramics, you know, all of the mediums. And I was really drawn to, to sculpture because I found that the same emotional connection I was trying to make in the painting. Yeah. Um, I felt that physically, you know, with like an object in the room and, you know, being able to stand with it and like see the texture and all yeah. of that, like all of that was really, um, attractive more, like, to tactile, me. like totally. Yeah. You just like to deal with things rather than just, yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because I've always been attracted to like texture you know very like textural things and and you know even when I was younger that was always something that I liked but I never really like looked into it it never you know I was like oh I just like the way this sweater feels or you know I like the way this you know whatever feels and and so yeah when I kind of transitioned my my practice into sculpture I was like wow this is a lot more real to me like I can feel this in real time and that sort of emotional connection yeah to a work of art was what I was trying to capture you know in a 2d surface but it just wasn't fulfilling yeah it just what didn't feel as yeah because I think at a young age for me I was like really um art was like a hard thing because I like sucked at painting and I was like I was really bad (laughs) yeah and I was bad at drawing and I was like well if this is all it is then I just might as well not even do it because I suck you know yeah I know it's like it's really hard it's really easy to feel defeated like when you are trying I mean I still get don't get me wrong like it never ends right (laughs) yeah feel it you know when you try something new and you're like oh this doesn't look like you know Mondrian or whatever you know it's like I'm kind of I feel like kind of a 
a fake or something. But at the same time, like that once you once you kind of shift your focus and just say like, okay, it's not about the product. It's about like how it makes you feel. Right. I know it's cheesy. (laughs) But 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 it's it's true. true, You know, like so any like I you know, everyone's like, oh, I can't ever be an artist. Well, I I would disagree. I think that everyone has a creative side within them, you know, and whether or not that's expressed through pencil and paper or music or whatever, you know, it's just a different medium that you have to kind of get familiar with. Because I think I I had just a very narrow view similar where it's like if I'm if I can't do these things, if I can't paint or I can't draw (laughs) or I can't make a freaking Dalmatian out of clay, then I must not be an artist. You know, then it must not be inside of me. Yeah. Oh no. Don't feel that way. Well, I don't anymore. Yeah. Good. But like I found something better. You know, I still, I still feel that way. Yeah. (laughs) But I try to paint. Yeah. Um, so what transitioned you more to taking this on to like a more full-time thing where it was like you were very serious about it? Because I saw that you went to the London School of... Yeah. What, how Furniture did- making. So it's funny. So I, you know, up until maybe like second semester of junior year in college, yeah, I was just like, oh, okay, we got to figure it out, dude. We got to like... <laughs> This was, a, a this was a fun run, but like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Do, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think the, the misconception about art school is that like you go and you learn, you know, your ego is stroked. You focus on yourself, <laughs> right. blah, 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 you know. And but really kind of how I took it was like you're developing all of these really useful skill sets of, you know, communicating really complex ideas, mm-hmm. having the ability to write about your work. I mean, that's writing is, you know, easily translatable into any field. Yeah. Um, you know, and just like representing yourself in a creative and professional way. I, so that was kind of where I ended up in school and I was lucky enough to have received a grant. Um, it's the Wingate fellowship. So it's a $15,000 grant awarded wow. to 10, um, students in the country. Dang, and so that's really cool. basically from there, I was just able to choose, you know, what, so it was a craft based uh, fellowship. Sure. So, you know, it had to be related to some sort of traditional craft. Mm-hmm. And so I chose to go to London, um, to study furniture making at a small little, um, school bespoke program. And then I did some upholstery as well. Okay. And the thing about that was like, I wasn't actually interested in, you know, becoming a furniture designer. Yeah. I was, or an upholsterer for that sake, you know, I, I was more or less interested in like understanding the traditional methods of um, construction yeah. so that I could then take that and kind of like challenge that in my own practice. Right. You yeah. Know? You could use it for other things. Yeah. Like yeah. riffing on it. You know, it's kind of one of those things like you have to know the rules to break them. Right. And since a lot of my work is like so heavily based in the domestic realm, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, these are really recognizable, you know, like for obviously furniture and upholstery that's right. like within the home. And so if I know how to make this, then you know, it opens up a bunch of formal opportunities that I can kind of like manipulate this craft right. to, to work for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I used to work for a furniture company. Oh yeah. 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 I didn't make it though. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole new thing. So with your sculptures and in, in your art, um, where do you draw inf- in, like inspiration from? Like, where does that come from? Cause it is like the stuff you have is very unique. Yeah. So, I mean, Short answer, my own biography and my yeah. personal history. You know, a longer answer would be, it's it's a lot of different things, you know, sure. naturally. But my family history 
really drives it. But then I'm also inspired by like architecture, but not necessarily like the design of architecture, but the function of, you know, the home mm-hmm. and um, those kinds of structures. I'm influenced by, you know, antiques and like salvaging material because all of those items have like a very inherent meaning and yeah. history within that. And that's something that I that I want to embody in my own practice. Yeah. You know, I'm inspired by different colors and, you know, even sure. design trends, you know, things like that. It, one thing that I've learned um, and I'm still working on is like for a very long time, I think there's also this misconception like you can go out and find inspiration, mm. you know, yeah. like I'm going to go out and find something that inspires me. For me, it's yeah. not it's like not that. Like that yeah. yeah. You know, I think that everybody is inspired by something and you know, if, if you just slow down and you're like, hey, I'm really attracted to this, like, for sale sign. You know, that's something yeah. that I've recently been kind of, like, obsessing over. Yeah. You know, why kind of, like, reverse engineer that inspiration? Like, okay, well, why are you attracted to that? Is it something formally? Like, why are you inspired by this? Yeah. You know, and kind of, like, breaking it down in a more, like, analytical way rather than trying to, you know, walk down the street. and Because then, yeah. then it just is not, it doesn't feel authentic to me. Yeah. You know? So what is it about for sale signs that you like? So it's part of my everything upcoming. Yeah. I'm like, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, so I think what I, re- so I moved around a lot when I was a kid. Okay. When I see a for sale sign or a for rent sign or, you know, for lease mm-hmm. or whatever, I re- it really got me thinking about like, but it's more than that. You know, it's more than something that's just for sale. You know, this mm-hmm. is like a structure that is for comfort it's for you know stability it's for you know so it's a lot more than that than just something that you can just buy you know and so i kind of was exploring the function of the home in particular and just like eliminating the sale part of the sign and so i'm making four signs and so it's kind of like this riff on a for for sale sign you know very traditional looking but it i want it to kind of like um, encourage like, okay, well, like for, for what, yeah, you know, yeah. and just kind of like that conversation. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, we all like reality is, you know, just exchange of goods, you know, right, like, yeah. I pay you this yeah, money yeah, yeah. to get this, I get this product. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I think, but I think for me, the home is like a lot more involved and it holds a lot more meaning than just something that we can put our stuff in and, yeah. you know, sleep in. You seem like you got a good grip on like, the world because I, I i was talking to um you know who sam organi is i'm not no i'm not oh like. he's a he's a photographer i could show mm-hmm. you his photos it's it's incredible um but i was talking to him and he was he was talking about how you know when he like looks around at stuff he's like everything is made by somebody pretty mm-hmm. much you know mm-hmm. the table like but you don't like think about that ever yeah you know, everything has like a backstory and and you know people use their brain power to like mm-hmm. make all this stuff but like no one really ever thinks about that totally yeah and i think you know so like a lot of my work kind of has this like riff on manufacturing you know like store-bought like the brooms and the for right. sale signs yeah. and the dust pans you know all these items mm-hmm. and so i try to balance between like handmade and like this a little bit of like manufactured sure realm, you yeah, know yeah, so yeah. it's like identifiable and that we we know what that is and mm-hmm. we are all familiar with it and we don't really know how it's made. Yeah. But then, you know, like kind of riffing off of that and showing the hand and showing, you know, what material, the materiality of, you know, the piece and yeah. the hand is really important, you know, to see the hand. Because like you said, like 
we're so accustomed to just purchasing, you know, go to Target, go to Home right. Depot, go to something. wherever, yeah. you know. And so it's really important for me to have the hand evident because people don't know how things are made. Yeah. <laughs> and it really blows no, my mind, true. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think an appreciation for for what we surround ourselves with is very important. <laughs> have you always been, have that thought process and like thought like that? Like, or yeah. is it like a more recent thing? I kind of have always had that approach to yeah. artwork. You know, I feel like that's why I couldn't be an industrial designer okay. or a product designer because, you know, once you design it, it becomes mass produced. Right. And, you know, for a while it's, it's this big design shift, you know, oh my God, this is a, just super influential, radical design chain, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but then sure enough, it just becomes so many iterations of it just become normalized. And yeah. so, yeah. And I think like also working in the fabrication and design field, mm -hmm. you see a lot of people wanting things to look seamless or sure, no yeah. hardware shown or, um, you know, like perfect, perfect finish, which is great. If mm -hmm. that's the look you're going for, you know, right. It has its place. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like in my free time when I'm working on my own stuff, I'm like, you know what? This doesn't need to be super perfect because it's an art, you know, it's an art piece. It's just something, right. something, uh, yeah, that doesn't, it's not store-bought. So. Yeah. I think I, I, str I struggle with that a lot or have like the idea that everything has to be like perfect. Even mm -hmm. like doing video work and stuff, I'm like, oh, that's off. And I wish I could yeah. change that, but I, I can't now. But there's like a, like such a special thing about you know, knowing that this is not perfect because yeah. someone had a part in it, you know, like it, for me, it just feels more r relatable and mm -hmm. like, I'm not trying to be some, you know, like it's just more to me, especially in like artwork. Whenever I look at a piece of art, I get so close. They yell at me. Yes. I get <laughs> so close. Like if this microphone, I'd be like, yeah. I'm staring at it. Like so in yeah, depth yeah, yeah. to like understand every decision and, you know, little nuance of, what the artist was thinking and you know yeah. same for video work anything that might just have a little bit of a a little bit of an edge to it because it's not you know right it's not traditionally perfect yeah i guess yeah. as you would say but so talking about that and um your one of your more recent things is the welcome mat that mm, you, that you yeah. did with like it was like hopscotch yeah style. yeah where did that idea come from first of all how do you make so, <laughs> how, i have so many questions okay. how do you make those okay. like that well ikea oh really <laughs> yeah so the doormats themselves are sold blank you know oh and i didn't yeah, even know yeah. that yeah so um the top one that's curved you know right. I, cu I cut that shape myself yeah so but the idea came from I'm not sure, you know, for those who've seen the piece, it's yeah. kind of like all these welcome mats in mm. the orientation of a hopscotch, but the welcome is like abbreviated. Yeah. So, you know, some say well, some say me, some say we, some mm -hmm. say come, whatever. And, you know, it's funny, like when you isolate those words out of welcome, yeah. like they hold so much weight, and especially, you know, like because I work with a lot of like rela relationships and um, du duality and those are like mm. very heavy themes in yeah. my work. And so I found it very interesting, you know, like the idea of hopping from one welcome mat to another because I moved around a lot as a kid. Yeah. And so having this kind of like incomplete welcome feel was really what drove the piece and what that's the kind of feeling that I want to evoke with that. Yeah. Um, but as far as like, you know, the process itself, I just made some templates um, in a 3D modeling software, you know, had those laser okay. cut. Um, and yeah, just kind of hand painted every one of them. I, you know, and like the, that piece I feel can have a lot of different avenues that we can mm -hmm. explore further. 
I'm hoping to, I have a creative writing degree as well. Yeah. So I want to like start incorporating my writing with yeah. the sculptural pieces. Cause I think that the welcome mat holds a lot of like opportunity for poetry or some sort of sure. like riff on the mat even further. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where it came from. So do you write still? Do you do that a lot? I do. Yeah. I think I haven't like written just, I think last, I mean, like last year I was doing a little bit more writing. It mm-hmm. comes in waves because my pr- primary focus is sculptural. Right. But I'm really into blackout poetry. What is that? It's not, it's, I don't get blackout just, drunk and do poetry. You just get wasted no, and just write not like a traditional like. poet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, so it's, so I basically have like books, just books from the store. Um, but I use like books that are kind of specific to like cooking books and home repair, whatever. And so then you just, I just take a Sharpie and just kind of like cross out phrases. So then when you're left with whatever words are left, that okay. becomes a piece That's of, kinda cool. of itself. Yeah. And it's is that really, a thing? Like, is yeah. that, oh. Yeah. It's, I mean, I explored it in college, but for me, it's a really easy way to get content. So my goal is to like take this whole book, you know, it's a huge like Heloise around the house. You yeah, know, it's like yeah. all these like weird like 50s housewives. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if your son gets dirty, try that, you know, like weird. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very weird. Um, so I, you know, what, I, what I'm left with is kind of like this in between the lines, like, a little because you know i'm choosing the words to right exactly so i'm left with this kind of like ironic dark you know it's cool it's really cool it's really i you know i suggest it if anyone's in like a writing block you know just grab a magazine grab a random one dollar book off the antique store and just start crossing off i mean you'd be really impressed with what you see and what you come up with because you know it's combinations of words that because you're limited by what you have you know you're, you're kind of creating within these rules and that, you know, only results in something new and fresh and right. creative. So yeah. I'm going to do that today. Yeah, you should. I've never yeah. heard of that. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, totally. It's really, yeah, it's really a fun time. And I just do it, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like not that much pressure. Yeah. Because, you know, I can be on the couch and I, and I'm just crossing off things while I'm just, you know, chilling, watching TV, whatever. Yeah. But like, I'm also writing. I'm like reverse writing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, opposite whatever. writing yeah. yeah i'm unwriting <laughs> yeah. whatever they yeah. say yeah yeah and so you know that just is a really fun creative outlet yeah because your, lot of your pressure. first instagram post ever is that poem that you wrote about butterflies oh my god which so, is probably it's a good poem i like it yeah so when i was really young like i think that was like first or second grade yeah it's like some cheeky little poem i didn't know what i was doing yeah but i think i don't know what grade it was but i went to like uh creative writing like what is it right now Right, right, W R I T E. Right now, it was like a, it was like a club, like a writing club. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. it was like, (laughs) so I don't know if that was where I wrote that or whatever, but so writing has always been like a very important practice to me. I mean, even from when I was very, very young. Yeah. And I've always enjoyed it. Yeah. So I think that's another thing. I mean, we're just checking off the list, but like I was, I was like, I hated writing and yeah. I also hated reading because mm. I was a slow reader mm-hmm. and then they would make you stand up in class and read like stuff. And yeah. I'd be like, Oh no, yeah, don't call on me. I wasn't a very good reader either. Like I, it wasn't until college when my writing teacher was like, if you want to be a good writer, you have to be a good reader. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. I like, know, that's, I what I'm, that's what like, everyone always said. Yeah. I'm a terrible reader. Yeah. So I've tried, you know, I'm probably a lot harder on myself. I'm like, oh, I've only read one book this year so far, but oh yeah, you know, 
Well, whatever. I've read like zero. So. I read like a thousand emails today, so I'm good. <laughs> it counts, yeah. okay? They're each a page. If you add them all up, it's a book. Yeah. Okay. Um, but no, they. I was like a terrible, like I'm still really bad with spelling and grammar and stuff. Yeah. So I'm just like, it's something I strayed away from for, for a long time because I was just afraid, you know, that's yeah. not the right word that you used. Yeah, but that's the thing. So, you know being a creative writer is like mm. very open-ended you know yeah. it's like you yeah you have your you know traditional writing rules yeah um but does it really it. matter you know it, it's but like yeah i think i get caught up you know I get caught up in that a lot yeah you know it's like you yes you can follow the rules if like you're very scholarly and like writing your thesis yeah, or whatever you journal. know yeah. yeah but you know as far as like writing poetry or writing stories like Whatever, if you use the wrong word, if you, you know, break up your sentences in a certain way, because you have to think of it as like a material, you mm. know, so depending on how you process that material, which are your words, yeah. you know, that in itself can hold a lot of meaning. And like, you know, so if you're writing a poem and you want this to feel, you know, maybe like very clustered or chaotic, you know, yeah. then you just don't have any punctuation, you yeah. know, so yeah. like there's an op, you know, and so I think, it, yeah, if you think about the words as like, something that's malleable and like that you can kind of yeah. just like You're make your own right now. Yeah. I wish yeah. I, I wish I had you around when I was growing up. <laughs> oh, you could have no. said that to people. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm here <laughs> Actually, now. Actually, <laughs> Sam can't spell because uh, he's trying to do something really creative. He's a poet. Okay. He doesn't have to spell. I sat in class once <laughs> yeah. and I was like sitting there trying to figure out how to spell of. Oh yeah. And I'm like, how do you spell this word? And yeah. I was like writing it out over and over yeah. again. Just like old English. Just like writing yeah. old yeah. English. Yeah. There's a V in yeah, there yeah. for some reason. I'm just adding letters. Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was it was weird. It was terrible like, growing up not mm-hmm. being able to do that. Because I also had... Do you have siblings? Yeah. Yeah. You have a, you have younger, a sister. younger sister? Mm-hmm. I had an uh, older sister who was like very smart, loved to read all mm-hmm. the time, really good writer, all this stuff. And so like I, I felt like I was held to those standards sure. too. But you're the oldest, so did that... Um, were you setting the bar, or do you still kind of have that... Well, we're so different, my sister and I. Okay. You know, I was telling you, she's an athlete. So, you know, me growing up... There was no comparison, no, really, right? No, there wasn't any really any comparison. And, like, I support her, and she supports me, and my parents support both of us in our own endeavors. And, yeah, um, yeah it was kind of nice, you know, having our own... There was not really any competition between the two of us which made for like a really harmonious like um growing up together yeah um and you know it's funny because like she is going to school to be a physician's assistant so she's my older sister does yeah so she so she currently has a degree in kinesiology and a minor in chemistry of course and i'm like easiest ones yeah right like oh good for you she like played softball throughout college i'm like how did you do that like you're yeah and get those degrees yeah yeah yeah, right i got communications and barely got through there (laughs) like i made art yeah Yeah. (laughs) but no um yeah we're we're very different but were your parents always supportive though of you and like doing art and stuff because i feel like they can be a i think so you know when you're like younger like when you're like in middle school and early high school it's like yeah "Yeah, that's great honey like oh yeah when it's not real yeah yeah and then when i'm like okay i'm starting to look at art schools well that what are you gonna do when you grow up you know how are you gonna make money is this sustainable i mean i remember i got like a my dad was I mean, I think my mom was too. They were just, they weren't discouraging me from doing right, they it. They just worried. They just wanted think, me to right? have the best. Yeah. They just yeah. wanted me to like be able to sustain myself right. after school, yeah. which is totally understandable. Right. Um, and so that like really motivated me to kind of be like, mm-hmm. I can do this. Yeah. So yeah. when I was like thinking about careers, I was like, you know what? 
I have no other choice because I not only want to be successful, but I want to like a little bit prove you wrong, right. you know? Yeah. And, and so now, you know, having a amazing job and um, maintaining a studio practice and like being able to pay all my bills and, you know, doing the adult, right. adult things, um, I think they've kind of like come around, you know, they're like, like, especially my dad and my grandparents, they're like, oh, oh, so you have an art show coming up? Oh. Oh, you're traveling for work? Oh, so you're doing work for so and so? And I'm like, Yeah. Yeah. It's like Take that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm not working at a coffee shop. So shocker. Yeah, yeah. I can actually do this. Yeah. yeah. So it's been it's been very rewarding, you know, because I did have that kind of hesitation from my family and um and you know, no one else in my family really traveled had, down that road. Yeah, you know, I mean, my mom was creative, like my family, my, the women in my family, my grandpa, my grandmas and my mom and like, they were creative in their own right, but mm. it wasn't like fine art creative. It was How like, so? what, what did they do? So my mom was like, I always grew up just watching her decorate the house. You know, it was yeah. always like rearranging things and changing things out for the seasons and yeah. X, Y, Z. And so that to me, I was always like very observant of that. And, you know, I never thought much of it. I was always just kind of like, Oh, that's what my mom's doing, you know? Yeah. But as I grow, you know, as I'm kind of reflecting, I'm like, oh, that really did influence my making, like the desire to make, you know, sure. I had my craft closet. That was my zone. Oh, <laughs> you really? know, I like reorganized the basement to make like a little cool lounge area. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah cool. Like really cool. Oh, funny enough, actually. Oh, and well, let's get my grandparents, my grandmas, they like were very skilled in like flower arrangements, you know, doing those types oh, yeah. of things and like knitting and felting and all of that. Yeah stuff but um so when i was younger this yeah. is so, i always say this when i was younger you know how kids like sell lemonade at the end of their driveway i do i never never dabbled but yeah okay well either did i because i was busy <laughs> i made like for i don't know if it was all in the same summer if it was like seasonal but i <laughs> seasonal yeah, job is yeah. <laughs> but i like made so for one time i made these like little um beaded rings like oh jewelry and sold it at the end of my driveway nice. another time i made stationary packs with watercolor pencils like who am i that's pretty cool yeah though. and then did you sell a lot of those yeah i did oh really <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, there you go which is weird like yeah. you know and then yeah oh and i made magnets so one time oh. yeah because my dad you know he like he's a businessman but he works he would um is in like the appliance industry so okay. we always had like rolls of magnet tape it's <laughs> oh. like okay stick my drawing on this one yeah. you know 50 cents whatever so that was always kind of fun you know yeah little entrepreneur that's about as far as i'll get entrepreneurial that's a good start though yeah. you know all but my like work the... is for sale <laughs> <laughs> just so you know yeah. um no that's how like warren buffett starts and stuff you know yeah. elon musk they all started yeah. with those those little hustles and then eventually they yeah are millionaires so maybe you'll be a millionaire Hustler age eight <laughs> slinging those rings yeah. and uh yeah. <laughs> you gotta do it Absolutely. Uh, so did you when you were growing up did you get those um speaking of magnets the art that you could print on stuff did yeah. they do that at your school yeah did, is your fridge like filled with them yeah my yeah ma- yeah my I parents remember- want every single one of them and they're yeah. oh. so terrible yeah i remember for a lot the longest time my we had like this five by seven magnet like yeah. pad like and it was just like a giraffe whose neck was like going into the clouds, but it was, you know, Garby. It was just like not yeah. the greatest. But yeah, that's like the one that I distinctly remember just seeing for so long. I wouldn't be surprised if my mom still has it. Yeah. 
I mean, our, I was talking about to, this to someone yesterday. My parents kept all of it, kept all of our yeah. old art stuff. My brother made a, uh, like a little sculpture, like figurine of a tiger mm-hmm. wearing, wearing jeans yeah. and having cement shoes. And he called him Tiger Slow. Oh, that was, that, that was, <laughs> that's funny. And there, it still exists. Yeah. It's still in our house. But they saved all of that stuff. Did, they, did your parents save like your artwork and stuff? Yeah, she still has it. Some of it. And all your writings? Yeah, and I not all, many none of it, like those little trinkety things, but yeah, she actually just gave me my mom gave me um this little raccoon sculpture. It was like a little pinch like okay, clay yeah, yeah. thing. It's awful. Like I don't. <laughs> Do you remember doing <laughs> the that? Tails, kind of. Kind of. I don't know why I chose a raccoon. And like also another project <laughs> I mean. did. Yeah, yeah, I know. And in another project we did, we had to like make clay food. Oh. And I had like the most random assortment of food. I had a bagel, a Jimmy John sub, and mashed potatoes. You had a Jimmy John's, specifically yeah. Jimmy yeah, John's. Yeah, I was in middle school. I love Jimmy John's. Yeah. But I used to live by a Jimmy John's and it was terrible because I I, I gained probably 10 pounds because I could good. just walk there. Worth it. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it was worth it. <laughs> Freaky fast 10 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> it's a week and yeah, uh, right. somehow I gained this 10 pounds. I mean, yeah. Jimmy John's every yeah. single meal. Oh, man. It's so good, though. It's Oh, yeah. I can't I'm go there. there anymore. It's like I'm a, a Jimmy John's addict and I just can't go back. I'm a little disappointed because I think they like changed all the names of their sandwiches. Oh. Because I got so much joy ordering a number 17, which is the ultimate porker. <laughs> and they changed the name to like ultimate ham blt and i'm like no 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 so i'm ordering never, porker so you never you never call it the number 17 you no, go in there no it's the ultimate porker uh, forever and always i heard jimmy is a real dick though oh probably um i think his real name's not jimmy but uh he like he shoots like uh lions and stuff. oh yeah he's like one of those people <sighs> like the I, so I get a better hobby or i something. use air quotes like but big game hunter yeah i'm not yeah very but hunter savvy <laughs> yeah i could but, never do it yeah i, I could never either. do it i mean it, it, it's fine if you like do it and mm-hmm. you uh, want to eat deer or whatever yeah because i eat meat anyway mm-hmm. so i know what's happening but like yeah. i don't want to do it like yeah. I, I don't want to pull the trigger and see something die in front of my eyes yeah it just feels like a lot of effort like <laughs> it's more the effort like, for you and honestly I like i'm just so small stand. and like i've never like shot a gun but i just know that like it would probably kick back at me oh, yeah. or like make a loud sound. And I'm just like not one for unnecessary. It would make a loud sound. Like I'm just not one for unnecessary <laughs> loud noises. Like it just really. I don't want attention attracted to me because I'm shooting a gun. Not for me. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, but I guess completely different topic. But you post a lot about mental health and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, is that something that you've been dealing with for a long time? So, yeah, like I grew up. Um, kind of like witnessing the effects of like mental health and anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. anger, you know, all of that thing. Yeah. I That was always in my understanding of the human condition, you know, and like, yeah. w- and so when I was in eighth grade, you know, I started myself showing symptoms of depression, anxiety, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so from there I was like on um, medication. I still am on the exact same medication since then. Yeah. Um, but up until about like two years ago, mm-hmm. um, I was going through kind of a tough breakup and just like had never realized I had never put in the time for myself. Like it was such a foreign concept to me, like mm-hmm. self-love. Like I I yeah. was like struggling with this sadness and this grief and like 
all of these emotions and it was and i wasn't happy you know yeah. and so i was just like how is it possible that people like it was such a crazy t- idea for me mm-hmm. like how does someone love themselves even if they're going through this crap you know right and so f- that from that point on i really like i went hard i was like okay we're going to therapy we're going to women's circles we're going to yoga we're doing you know we're gonna journal we're you know i did like everything i really took because i had never invested in myself you know self-investment i think is like the it's basically that's what self-love and self-care is Mm -hmm. and um you know from i'm i'm very happy that that kind of heartbreak had happened because i don't think i would ever be in a place where i am now where i have like the most like the most re- amazing relationship with my mom now like that yeah. was never like that never um was really there yeah. prior um and i think what really changed it for me was like identifying my thinking patterns mm. and thinking habits because so often we believe that like the emotions that we're feeling are us and so once you kind of shift that and realize that like you are not your emotions and just observe them and um, you know, say, okay, thank you. Like, I appreciate this emotion, but it's not serving me right now. Um, like that whole mindset has really changed the way that I look at the world. And it's a hard thing to do. It's a very hard thing to do, you know, because it requires a lot of like constant monitoring, really deep dig. Yeah. Like really deep digging. And like, it's not pretty, you know, a lot of the times it's not pretty. Yeah. It's down there for a reason, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, just kind of like recognizing those habits and, mm. and being easy on yourself. You know, like I would be so hard on myself, you know, if I was sad or, you know, felt like I wasn't moving forward, I'd be like, oh, this is not worth it. But yeah. just giving yourself the time and space is the most important thing. And I think like as far as sharing that with the world, you know, or mm-hmm. like posting about it and yeah. stuff, I, I just don't really see a reason why I I shouldn't do that. You know, it's such a important part of my life and yeah. i know i'm not alone like, yeah no because i grew up it, the kind of the exact opposite way where um was it open in your house were you guys like talking about that kind of stuff because in, in my house it was like like tis tis well, yeah. we're not talking about yeah. this i because i uh, at a young age was diagnosed with ocd mm. and anxiety um been to the hospital like a lot mm-hmm. for panic attacks and stuff like sure. that um but it, it was like I didn't tell anyone about it until Mm. I was in college. Mm. So like probably eight or nine years later, you know, and keeping all that inside of you. And cause it it makes you feel like at a certain point that it is just you. Mm -hmm. We're so like humans are so complex. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of um, like a mentor, you know, I was doing like a a retreat and she was like, we are so lucky to feel these things, you know, so deeply. And you know, when you're feeling those types of feelings, you know, observe them, but also feel them to their fullest potential, you know, yeah. because it's like incredible. Like that is such a superpower. If you can feel something fully, then you can understand it, yeah. you know, and you can move forward. Yeah. And so, you know, just truly like embracing the, that those very powerful and oftentimes not pleasant Oh yeah. Feelings. Most times, yeah. You know, like that because then it doesn't come become so scary. You know, when yeah. it happens, you're like, okay, I know this is what it feels like. You know, we're gonna just like let it out. 
cry as much as you need to, scream as much as you need to, yeah. obviously in an appropriate space. <laughs> on public. <laughs> Not at your yeah. boss. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like really just thanking, thanking yourself for feeling these things and having such a complex and diverse mm-hmm. um, kind of inner workings. And I think that's really special. That's something that I've grown to appreciate. Yeah. But I'm, I, I still work to that point because it's like, um, I think, I think from a very young age, I was like, well, I mean, this isn't normal. I think that's how mm, I felt a lot sure. and, and not having anyone to talk to about it. And I'm like, well, this for sure isn't, you know, this mm-hmm. for sure isn't normal. Like yeah. what I'm thinking is like the darkest thoughts a 13 year old can mm-hmm. have over and over and over, yeah, you know, and yeah. just beat you down with them. Yeah, and totally. I think, I think, um, that's translated and I wish and I'm trying to get to more where you are, where it's like, um, like accepting what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like I am never feeling the correct thing, mm, mm-hmm. you know, or you're judging your own emotions totally. almost. Yeah. Yeah. D- yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still, you know, I think it's like, it's an ever ongoing process. Yeah. You know, there's never a, a finish line in like right. self, yeah. self improvement and self investment. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, I still feel like, oh, why am I not, why am I not feeling a hundred percent all the time? You know, yeah. why, why are, whatever, why I, it's not like, there's this concept that like, if you take care of yourself for X, Y, Z day, you know, like mm-hmm. do all the bath bombs and, you know, latte, whatever, <laughs> self indulgent things that you want, yeah. which is fine. But like, there's never going to be a finish line. It's right we're changing our circumstances are constantly changing our relationships are constantly changing and like yeah and that brings different feelings and like different yeah. emotions so it's really easy to get dis- discouraged when you know you're like oh this isn't what what the hell is why isn't my world different now you know why right but oh, yeah and i think it was a lot of frustration too mm-hmm. did you ever feel that like absolutely just pissed off like yeah. Why me? Like, yeah. why does this have yeah. to happen to me? This is ridiculous. Totally. I can't even move right now because I'm I'm almost like passing out from a panic attack. Yeah. Why is this? Oh, happening? trust me. Yeah, it's it's powerful. But like you know, just being able to talk about it. Yeah. Then you that kind of like starts to ease that anxiety. Like, am I the only one? You know. Yeah. Because everybody is going through so many different things. Right. You know, and it would be crazy if like. There's no way that I can be the only one that feels this, you know, like, or, or at this severity, like yeah. I know there's so many people out there that are worse off for sure. Yeah. Like that have like mm-hmm. more intense and, you know, more feelings and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But yeah. Yeah. Everyone's just going through it. Right. And if we can just be, you know, open with each other and just comfort and <laughs> be yeah. patient with one another, especially be patient with yourself. And, um, yeah, I think it can only lead to good things. This is like therapy right now. Yeah. <laughs> It's good, which I suggest for everybody. Therapy is amazing. Right. I, I always tell people, even if you don't, even if you, if you need to feel like you're in a good spot, go. Because yeah. like it can only get better. Mm-hmm. Like there, there, there's nothing negative about going in, going to therapy and it can always help. Yeah. Always. My, my roommate and I were like, we always just like unwind by watching like trash TV, you know, yeah. like. What's the, trash TV for you oh, Like the Housewives currently. Oh, okay. Beverly I've never watched Hills. that. Oh my God. You should. It's. <laughs> it's so bad but like every single person on there were like you need therapy like you need to go well, like, that, even if they're on that show they yeah, probably I need know. it i know so we just like kind of diagnose all the, yeah. the reality stars oh but, gosh but you know even then it's just like yeah i think there's this idea that like 
therapies for the week. But then also like, yeah. oh, if my life's going fine, like why do I need to talk to someone about it? Which is yeah. great. If you don't feel like you need to, that's fine. But um that's the same thing with couples counseling too. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, you must be in a bad spot if you're going. Oh like, no, no, I know I know a handful of couples that are doing amazing, you know, like have amazing lives together, support mm-hmm. one another, they go to counseling. Right, that's my and, point. It, and it's yeah. not and they're not supporting each other because they went to counseling. They're just continue on you know right exactly. they're just doing they're like hey we should maintain this you know yeah. like let's do it's just kind of like a checkup you know it's a weird thing to me that it's negative when it's like so clearly it's positive mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's like a weird negative spin like oh yeah they're, they're in a they're in couples counseling they must uh yeah they must see something bad going on yeah it's like no they, they want to grow their relationship yeah, and be better invested. for each other that's good yeah, that's, that's i know positive. that's how it that's how it always should be yeah but anyways, that long, long tangent. That's okay. Yeah. Um, back to uh, back to your your work and stuff. Uh, so the to do list that was yeah. that was a more recent one that mm-hmm. you've done, and that was a massive massive project, right? There was a lot of pieces. Yeah, I would say it was my first like body of work. Okay. You know, like something that was very close related to one another. You know, kind of like. I think of it as like a book. So like each piece was like a chapter. Mm-hmm. And um and so yeah, that project came about because I was working in a studio by myself and I it's funny enough, I I don't know if it was like around State Fair or something, but I was like, oh, the idea of like putting a stick on something. And that just kind of like led me to the to the image of the broom. And okay. so a lot of my work uh in college was like about duality and this kind of like push and pull in relationships sure and so when i thought and really you know kind of analyzed the broom form Mm -hmm. it it speaks to um care for your environment yeah which i also translate to care for yourself it's like a kind of a sure you know when i'm taking care of my house it's i'm doing something for myself it makes me feel good yeah and so then also like the physical form of the broom when you're using it, it's kind of like a dance, right? Mm-hmm. And so I started identifying these broom forms as other people. You know, a lot okay. of how I look at my work is like they're metaphors and there's a narrative, but ultimately these are like supplements for individuals. You know, I want okay. that's kind of how I want people to interpret it. Um, but there's endless ways that you can interpret the work, right? Sure. So, yeah. So then, like, once I kind of landed on the broom form, I'm like, how can I challenge this? Like, how can I make something functional, dysfunctional, or not the most convenient to use? Because if you think of the handles as being representative of people, then you start to see these as relationships, right? And, mm. like, the domestic care for your space, the maintenance in your relationship, but it's not working, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so, you know, when my parents, my parents, uh, I experienced their divorce pretty heavily. And so like, I was always, you know, like witnessing like this dysfunction Mm -hmm. of the home. And so my mom would be cleaning all the time, you know? And like, so that when you were younger, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the idea of like this push and pull, this, dysfunction domestic Mm -hmm. uh relationships duality you know like all of that stuff i found could be communicated through these cleaning you know cleaning uh tools yeah so yeah i have like a four-handled mop and that the infinity broom Mm -hmm. you know 
And so all of these individually have like their own stories. I like for the viewer to like imagine like how would this work? You know, like how, how, who would you use this with? You know, like what would you clean up with this? It's not yeah. convenient. None yeah. of this is convenient, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so like the idea of the to-do list was kind of like suggesting that there's things that need to get done. Mm-hmm. But you're only provided these like very inconvenient things. Yeah. So how how do you go about doing that? You know, like that balance between is it working? Is it not working? You know, like and I think the way that you reflect on those works, that mm-hmm. body of work says a lot about how you relate to other people and how you yeah. relate to your home and stuff. And that's ultimately what I want the viewer to do is I want yeah. them to reflect and say, OK, well, how does this reflect my current state you know yeah something like that yeah is it do you, when you have like these art shows and things do you stand around and like watch people watch or yeah, look at your art i do is it weird is it um do you get like i don't know i get I, a thrill out of it right? do you? yeah i do because you know i it's something i mean i feel like every artist is this way like you know you put so much of yourself into it mm-hmm. and all i all i want back is like a curiosity sure and two minutes of someone's time. You know, I just want there to be like, how was this made? What, what does this mean? And then you can carry on. You yeah. know, I just, if there's like, but when I see people look at the work, I just, I'm like, oh, they're looking at it like for a, a while, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. is this saying something to them? Are they making yeah. a connection? And really that's what it is. Like I'm witnessing my work influence someone, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like, I would like to sell my work, but that's not my intention. You know, it's not like I'm producing these things um, for my own good, you know, for my health. And so if I can share that with people, again, just like with sharing your most inner emotions. Yeah. So for them to look at that and at least give me a little bit of their time is really special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So besides the the welcome mat, is there any other things that are coming up like that you're doing right now? Yeah. So I think for about... It's been so long, actually, this process. It's been over like a year and a half, I think, now. For what? I've had this idea for dustpans. I've seen that, yeah, come up. And so my first round, I like tried making a mold of a dustpan, and it didn't work. It was like a plaster mold, whatever. So then I had to kind of get into silicone molds, which took a learning curve, because I dabble in so many different materials, because, you know... I can't just assume that wood is going to communicate every single thought that... You know, so it's very specific, so... I had to go through this whole process of like learning how to make a silicone mold, building up the dust, you know, kind of problem solving all of these different things. Right. Anyway, finally landed on it. And I have about, they're all plaster, cast in plaster. And ultimately, like, I want them to be like fragile mm-hmm. and break. So some of them are broken. Some of them are like, you know, have the hand evident. They're not, you know, ma- uh, mass produced in manufacturing term, you know, way. But right. so my whole idea was like, it's kind of like a, like a sister to the brooms, you know? Yeah, so yeah, now yeah. that you have this dustpan, which is like this tool that we rely on to pick up our life debris. That's mm-hmm. kind of like what I think of dust and dirt and, you know, all this like kind of re- residue from just living. Yeah. So what happens when that becomes the mess? Mm. You know, like what happens when this tool now becomes something that needs picking up, you know? And so I feel like that is very, that feeling of being like, okay, I'm responsible for this mess, but like I have my own mess to deal with, you know, like how do you, it's like this cyclical thing. And so 
that's really where the idea of the dustpans came about. And um, it's for a show, I believe, in June. Okay. So I'll be posting more about that once um, I have more information. But yeah, you know, so again, it's just like something that's really recognizable. Yeah. But it's manipulated in a way that challenges the function. And then I have the four signs. So I'm coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, all of this work is um, part of my next body of work, which is called forwarding address. Okay. So again, moving, like moving a lot. It's very like location um, focused. Yeah. Yeah. Speaks to the function of the home and like what happens when from the outside, you know, I right. kind of like focused on the inside, the happenings on the inside. And now we're looking at it from like objective, you know, right. just as like a structure and how do we, you know, the welcome mats. It's like, everybody has a welcome mat. Mm-hmm. Like, why do we have a welcome mat? You know, what does that say about your family on the inside? Are you like really welcome? Like, is it like a front yeah. or something? Yeah. You know, like there's all these like cheeky little things. And so I like the idea of kind of like, well, what if that welcome mat is like not, like it's kind of like, whoa, too much information. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Like, I like that idea. Yeah. I like, that's really something that I find funny. And, you know, like keeping the wit in the work mm-hmm. is something i also like keeping a little humorous but yeah and a lot of it the upcoming work is a lot of text-based stuff which okay. is exciting for me yeah you know, to incorporate some of that language and stuff yeah i mean like even you explaining that stuff is like blowing my mind yeah because like <laughs> i just it, your your mind works in a really cool way oh, like that's you. just like not something that i would just think of yeah off, off well i'm back. glad that, i mean that's kind of what i want the, that's what i want the work to and like you know i want there to be like this oh my God, like we surround ourselves yeah. with these domestic object, objects every day and we like rely on them to function in a way that we bought it for, you right. know, or like it's, it's original purpose. And so when you start identifying yourself with these tools, yeah, um, there's a lot of similarities and there's a lot of metaphor that, that drives it. So, you yeah. know, it's nice for, to hear that you're kind of like, oh, it's oh. amazing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's amazing. Cool. I'm, flat, I'm flattered, but yeah. Um, but you talked about moving around a lot. So where where were you moving around to? I was born in South Dakota. Okay. And then we moved. I think my mom took me to Iowa. And then we moved back to Colorado, had my sister. Then we moved to Illinois and lived in wow. the um, suburbs of Chicago. And then this was all before I was in kindergarten. Wow. So then when I got to Wisconsin, we lived. So the moving around, actually, most of it happened. Um, Early on within germantown where i'm from which is 40 minutes north so i had probably like seven different houses in germantown yeah because like we had a house and then my mom moved somewhere and then they moved back and then my dad moved somewhere and my mom moved somewhere else and then and then from there we know we it was just like so many different addresses yeah i would never be able to remember that barely remembered one when i was young and so then you know when i moved to kansas city to go to school Mm -hmm. my dad moved to california for a little bit then he moved back to minnesota and erica moved to oshkosh you know so it's like it's like hard to keep up yeah i mean there's just a lot of different locations and how do you i mean when i was younger and going through you know the whole two house thing that a lot of divor- mm. you know kids of divorce experience. You know yeah. that was like really hard for me. <laughs> oh, I and, bet. Uh, yeah. So that's where we were moving. You know, it's not. It wasn't a case of like, I'm like I'm moving to a different state. I have to make all new friends. Yada yeah. yada. It was more just like, okay, like it was almost worse because like it's like why all, are we doing this? Well, we're yeah, and like three blocks down. Yeah, and like all that you know, it's like you have all your friends, and they're like, you're moving again to a new apartment. Like why? Yeah. You know, and so it was almost a little, it wasn't embarrassing, but it was just like, yeah, like 
we're going to this house now yeah. you know we're going to that house or whatever yeah so because I, I had a super opposite experience where like my parents still live in the house that i grew up like yeah that's they awesome. never moved at all mm-hmm. ever there was six of us in like a 12 oh, wow. 1200 square foot house so it was just chaos mm-hmm. most of the time there's no no privacy yeah yeah i'm sure but yeah so where can people find out more about what you're doing what you're up to yeah so i am pretty active on social media mm-hmm. um my instagram handle is just sierra berry yep um s-i-a-r-a <laughs> not like the not, mountain range <laughs> and berry like yeah i know and then berry is like everyone wants to spell it b-a and i'm like why it's just, it's just the it's just the fruit okay <laughs> i know I've, I've seen it a lot less with an a than an e i, I think. yeah i mean it's just i have to i always find myself having to explain it but anyway yeah so sierra berry is my handle and then i also have a website um which is sierraberry.com mm-hmm. so that has like some archived work um just like more formal piece images yeah um and then i always post about like shows and stuff i think you know the show in june i'll start posting more about once yeah. we have more information and you know that type of information just comes primarily through my instagram so yeah I mean, I, I feel like it's just, it's fun to make stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. I need to start making more things. Totally. That's what you inspired me to do. Yeah, there's yeah. so many avenues. I mean, seriously, like, even if it's going to a thrift store and, like, just getting a bunch of t-shirts and, like, cutting them up, making a rug, maybe making just a quilt or something, you know, whatever. Yeah. There's a lot of material. And I and I think this is so fun, too, at least how I view the, the world, is, like, anything can be a material. Mm-hmm. anything every single thing that we have in here you know this coffee mug this blanket the jeans whatever all has a history and inherent context mm-hmm. right so if you can use those materials as words for your artwork and then you kind of can construct based on how you manipulate manip, manipulate that yeah. and how you um kind of like contextualize it amongst other materials like that's you're creating a statement, you know, that that's your yeah. concept. And so it can be as deep or, you know, surface level, whatever as you want. But I think that just recognizing like, Oh, I'm really attracted to like, you know, I'm looking at the cat toy, you know, like the way that that, you know, cord is wrapped around that form. Yeah. Like I love that texture. How can I start using that? Yeah. And whatever, you know? Yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing, at least from my perspective, and I can speak for everyone <laughs> is like the intimidation of starting. Oh being, yeah, that's tough. Being bad and like, oh, well, this is not good. Oh, I have that now. I like, I'm starting to paint again. Yeah. And like, I don't know where to start. I'm like, I want this to be something that's kind of more free flowing, you know, because a lot of my sculptural works are um, very like thought out. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, like even now I'm like, what, where do I start? The good right. thing about painting though is that you can always paint over it. That's true. Layer after layer. If it layer. sucks. Boop, boop, boop. Just yep, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go, go for it. So yeah. That, yeah, that's always reassuring. Any, Nothing is yeah. permanent. You know, and everything can be thrown away. Right. And it's all relative too. Yeah. Bad is relative. You know, what is, what is bad? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, if it, if you like doing it and, and you, and you think it's great, well mm-hmm. then it is like, yeah. it doesn't matter if yeah. it's, it's the struggling. I think is the hardest I mean, part. Get some old magazines and just cut out things that you like, you know, and just, yeah. <laughs> Put them all over the place. Yeah. Make a little vision board. I mean, yeah. seriously, like it's, it's super therapeutic and just kind of it vision works. boards. Ouija boards. <laughs> oh no. Vision boards. Ouija boards are really therapeutic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. I think that there's, there's just so many options and I would encourage any, everybody to just kind of explore. Yeah. Different mediums. 
Yeah, there, there's an actor. I forget who it is. Um, maybe he's not an actor, but he started painting. Oh, no, it was a president, George Bush. Oh, Bush, yeah. He just paints now. Yeah, he's yeah. just freaking winging it. And it's good, too, I think. Yeah. From what I've seen, you know? Yeah. Pretty, I think but he also book. hired, like, a coach. I mean, he's a oh, millionaire, sure. you know? So it's... Yeah. It's uh, it's some guy telling him how to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyways, thank you for joining yeah, me. I appreciate I'm you being on. I'm flattered that you invited me on here. So yeah. thank you so much. This was a blast.